Blog Talk Radio. Francois 
who is her son-in-law, in fact, is the president of the Ideal Family and of the Canadian Association of Prenatal Education. We will also be joined by Laura Uplinger, who is a writer and a utopian, who wrote the script, essentially, for a beautiful film called The Gift for the Unborn Children, and Carla Machado, who is a doula, midwife, and has been involved in different organizations down in Brazil to help with birth education and bringing the subject to the foreground instead of the background, and has, as a result, for many years, as have all of them, been helping to shed light on this profound subject and bring it to a greater consciousness and education of so many people. So I want to just welcome you all to A Better World. It's such a pleasure to have you all, Francois, Laura, and Carla, back on. Hello. 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 So this is an enormous subject, and last night, folks, maybe even some of you were there at One Spirit, A Better World, and One Spirit Seminary uh, co-sponsored an event, live event, in New York City in which we discussed exactly these kinds of subjects. And uh, we found, as we have from this kind of conversation over and over again, that the subject is vast. It actually uncovers our relationship to virtually everything in the world, from women's issues, political issues, militaristic issues, actually. It really goes that far because we're looking, you could say, at the underbelly of our society. What are the thoughts, what are the ideas, what are the belief systems on which our society is constructed? And when we start to kind of poke at that, all sorts of things starts to kind of spring forth. So on that note, uh, Laura Ublinger, I would love to engage you. You've been um, on this path for over 30 years, and you've given it a tremendous amount of thought. And the idea of, of bringing utopian thinking, I've got to say, to this subject is one that just, what can I say, it titillates me. So I know then it would titillate the audience. So what, what do you feel is uh, sort of the first things that people who are considering giving birth, getting married, and having a family ought to be thinking about? Well, it's a question of power. It's a huge, immense <coughs> power that nature has given um, men and women when they conceive and when they bring forth a child to this, to this world. Um, why power? It was believed till the almost the end of the 20th century that genetics would determine. Genetics would determine almost everything, and it's not so. Epigenetics came and said, you know, there is a genetic program, yes, but the way it will unfold or not unfold depends on who the mother is what she's feeling, how she's thinking, how she's eating, how she sees the universe and herself. This is power. It's also responsibility. But um, why utopia? Because if we really would address that immense resource that pregnancy is in the making of a human being, we would all be born with brains already equipped for brotherhood on earth. It is neurophysiologically, our destiny. We think of the other and we are the other. 
um, we are built for empathy and compassion if our brain and only if our brain is well built, well formed, which is not the case and has not been for centuries. What is your thinking about that, Mitchell? How do you see that? Oh, well, je suis d'accord, <laughs> acuerdo. I agree in every single possible language I could access. <laughs> and, uh, I, I actually look at uh, human society and civilization as uh, largely um, a matter of brain development and that we are caught in our brainstem, in our reptilian brain. Yep. Therefore, we have a world at war because the prefrontal cortex uh, hasn't been engaged fully. The mammalian brain has been touched upon. Of course, we are using our prefrontal cortex, but relative to potential, which you're really referring to here, Laura, we are just baby steps, no pun intended. We're at the baby steps of the potential we have to create this kind of utopian society where we are really utilizing the love, the compassion, the intuition, the sense of brotherhood and sisterhood, which is truly, I believe, our destiny as well. So you were, you know, completely, I'm in accord with with your perspective and worldview and the importance circling back to conception, pregnancy, and birthing as the beginning of it all. That's wonderful. Yeah. yeah. And, and conception is a very, is a fractal that will be repeated on and on exactly. throughout our lives. In the, the Ayurvedic medicine, it's the most important moment of our life. So imagine a whole humanity conceived with the will of parents, with the love of those couples, calling in those souls. This is fantastic. Already you can start closing prisons to be wanted. What a concept. It's unbelievable. It's, but we have to start believing it, in fact. So I say what I did lightly. Colonel Machado, I'd love to uh, invite you um, into the conversation, and then Francois. Uh, with the work that you're doing in Brazil, <clears throat> what is it that comes up that you like to first communicate to your students and to the women you deal with? Yeah, I think our, cha our challenge now is to spread the good news. Yeah, just the power. Laura was talking about this power, this maternal power, and everything that is related to this uh, period uh, involves a kind of power. For example, if a, ch a child is born and she's, she's put alone in a, in a place with only a blanket, uh, uh, without the mom, without anybody uh, who can look after her and give some warm body body warm or even the, the to be around her so when they they are grown up they will uh, search for comfort and, and the material stuff so they will go to the shopping and buy a new clothes or whatever but instead of the human eyes instead of connecting with somebody this something is lost at this very moment of being alone in the nursery inside the hospital without a human looking without the moms looking so it it's a, uh, we can 
totally recreate our society that today is based on on consumers uh, to to have to buy stuff consumerism consumerism sorry uh, it, we have to buy stuff in order to feel better and it, it's never fulfilled because it, it's not a matter of having thing, things it's a matter of being fulfilled for uh, uh, somebody's feeling it's a matter of being uh, watched of being the feel of being seen so uh, if since the beginning we 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 can provide that since the conception and beyond birth and through breast, breastfeeding you can real connect to, to to the baby so we 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 will uh feel it in a in a way that nobody can steal us nobody can take it from us it, it's there it's inside somewhere so it's really power it's so a a good part of at least the beginning education that you give to your clients involves sort of a, a disengagement from our world as usual, business as usual, which has to do with living in this heavily programmed consumerist society where things replace love. They yeah. replace the mother-child relationship. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say disengage totally because we have to live in oh, it. Oh, no, no, but not, not total. Not right. a, in a certain way, it's not the, the, the objective. It's just yes. the means. Yes, exactly. We can use the, a matter as means to, to, to obtain something higher yes. that cannot be bought. Right. Put. right. <laughs> Good. Yeah, I wouldn't want it. I, I love Earth. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I'm not recommending that anybody give this up. <laughs> it's just the consumerist part, and you're still going to be consuming, but we also give back. So that part, it's just, you know what? In Chinese medicine, we look at everything as either an excess or a deficiency. And if it's excess, it's going to lead to imbalance. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, having a scale. And if there's too much weight on one side, the other one goes flying up. It's the same thing with a human being. And fractally, as you said nicely, Laura, it will then go in and contain our society. Mm-hmm. And our society starts giving information that is out of balance. So, mm-hmm. Thank you, Aplicado. <laughs> Very helpful. Francois Amigues, osteopath. It's such a pleasure to have all three of you here. It's you're so esteemed in your own individual and professional lives for so long. And I just want to acknowledge you all for the deep commitment you each have and have expressed through your life's work. It's really clearly committed to creating a better world. And um, it's very beautiful through the family, through the process of understanding birthing from way back into, you know, that big moment. So, merci pour tout. Thank you very much, Michel. So glad to have you. And it's an honor to be uh, broadcast in a better world today. Uh, we have been, we have all, we all work in our different place. We, we try to increase our network more and more. But to be broadcast, it's something completely new for me. And uh, it's something amazing. So hello, all the audience. <laughs> and uh, I'm very honored that you could uh, listen to us. And um, so what I would like to, to share is um, that we are in a, in a moment 
of our society where we have some new facts new facts that's coming up from the science that allow us to understand new opportunity uh, to to create this better world and uh, these new facts come from the pregnant woman for myself it was something very astonished when I was 17 years old I want to change the world like most teenagers and uh, and have a, have a look behind me because everything looks old when you look what the society do when you're 17 and you want to, to go on a new new paradigm and new, new stuff. And at that time I was more thinking because my society was like that, that we have to do revolution and, and be in action and, you know, more oriented like a violent action, something cut to the past. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> no. It, my, I was very sportive and I was not in violence, but I, I was a sailor going in the sea, but just to have action, you know, at least like... A, <laughs> Simbad the, the sailor. I don't know, go somewhere to climb adventure. a mountain. Exactly. At adventure. least you mean activism. activism. At least you mean that. Yes, yes, right. action. And, Which uh, is good. Oriented, uh, yes, uh, energy in action. And at that time, I meet a wonderful lady called Marie-Andre Bertin, and, uh, which is, um, the, was the president at that time of the um, ANEP, which is an um, association of prenatal education in France. And, and she really aware me that we could, according to what science has discovered, we could completely change very fast the world working on pregnant women. And that was completely new, and it changed a little bit my plan of traveling, of <laughs> and being a sailor. <laughs> and yes, well, I still have been for ten years, but uh, yeah, you know. And since the, the seventeen, my seventeen years old, I just was thinking about that. How could we reach women? Because I discover through the scientific discovery that they they, they have the power in the womb, a huge power, which was unknown, which has known intuitively since centuries, since the world has been created by each woman, but which is not conscious, which is not shared, which is not appreciated, and uh, which is not value. And uh, so this is a fact, and the facts open new opportunity. But in many times, the facts are not enough. We have to work on um, a kind, to reach a tipping point of consciousness, to be able to to start to work with the fact, to interpret, to to uh, to give interpretation of the fact, and start to make something with them, and it took at least 30 years to to have since people as I start to talk more and more about that, to start to have this tipping point. I think we are now to be able to to share with bigger groups and to um, to touch the attention of uh, specifically all the medical. Um, therapist involved in the field of pregnancy, which was a, a good start, but at least not enough. And today we 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 are ready to share these uh, all these facts with um, specifically the teacher, the youth, and the government ultimately. And uh, the real target is really to to make adopt by government completely new law, adapt to this fact. And you know how it takes time discovering something? Remember all the, the big uh, genius of our Earth uh, that carry a new idea, and it takes sometimes centuries 
to make that in to put the discovery in motion in our daily life. And today we are lucky that it, everything gets faster. From geocentric, for instance, to heliocentric as an example of e- many. As an example. And just hygiene has taken um, not sure. centuries, but a lot of time to get, and it's still not there, hygiene in, in many countries. Yes. And so the, um, we what are... Was that, what was that thing that you said was underappreciated and <coughs> undervalued, but was known intuitively inside the woman? What were you referring to? Uh, I'm referring to that the fact love or oxytocin. <laughs> the fact that uh, in 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 the in the culture it has been transmitted all the time. We have to protect pregnant women, either when people don't know what's going on in the womb and in the chemical or the brain and all that. But everywhere oh, you find no. that just that idea shows exactly. up. Exactly, and it's it's like a part of the biological program. Exactly, to take care of the woman during pregnancy. Well, take care of the woman all the time, really, but especially because she's the carrier. But during, um, when you study some of the old, old traditions from the Himalayas to the Andes, going through Brittany and through uh, Madagascar, there's always a sentence or something about the importance for a pregnant woman to feel harmony, to surround herself with beauty. Hopi Indians <laughs> what sunrise, say some tribes in Brazil, that that feeling, that knowing deep down was in, within all of us forever, but we never brought it to the collective. That's what you're saying? Mm-hmm. And in Brazil, people usually say, oh, pregnancy is not a disease. And behind that phrase is that women, pregnant women can do anything. And it's not true. It's not a disease, of course, but it's a special state. And special time, and, so. and about this special state, I like very much uh, when I, I'm French originally, no, no longer now, I'm become Canadian, but uh, uh, when I arrive in here, I, I learned this sentence from Amerindian uh, saying that when uh, a pregnant couple, they have the idea of these pregnant couples, are with you, you are under blessing. And you have to behave differently because they are there. You don't have the, the right to, to either to think bad, to feel bad, and to act bad. And uh, I say, oh, my God, what a, what a primitive, evolved people. <laughs> and uh, to have this, uh, this uh, knowledge. So, um, and it seems that in, in, uh, in America, so now North I, I learned about North America uh, from the, 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 the TV show uh, about this, this, the, the story of America that before the conquest of the, um, of the North America, Amerindian has got periods, according to what they find, of thousand years of harmony in between them with, with very few wars, which is something amazing because according to what you see in Europe and eastern part, it was just war all, 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 all the time. So I doubt a bit about what this, this uh, um, historian has found, but if, if I could have just one sentence who could be relative to that, would be that, to respect pregnant women. Yes. <laughs> according to now, we understand how this respect of the pregnant couples and, and baby could provide us harmony and oriented your brain in, uh, toward our peace, harmony, and love. So if they really practice just this sentence, I could believe it, it could happen that for centuries it was peaceful. Yes. Well, we know that physiologically mm. that is not only possible, it's really 
the fuller, proper expression of our human beingness, for sure, and, let's say, human biology, because if you have a world at war, the chances of survival <coughs> and war are way less. And since our biology is designed for longevity and living as long as we can to keep the species propagating, war is a short-term solution to solving issues. <laughs> and, you know, I'm saying it, it's so obvious to us sitting here but uh, and to our audience, of course. But it seems like there are a number of people who are in positions of some relative uh, terrestrial power who have other agendas who decide to kind of preempt the natural flow of human biology and brain development. I mean, makes sense, I'm sure. Uh, I want to also say that I'd be very wary of using the word primitive, by the way, in, yes. in referring to the native peoples of any country. It's a word that is, I think, best applied to the people I just referred to who are in relative terrestrial power because they are sacrificing their higher brain development for a short-term gain, which is usually money and power. And they're short-circuiting the entire species, the entire species. So primitive, that to me is primitive. Not a, mm-hmm. not a community that reveres the time period of a pregnant woman and her mate, as you were putting it so beautifully, that when they are present, there's another aura in the space, and everybody responds to them in in a more respectful way. Exactly, and you know, I, I like, uh, I love. I hope you understand. I absolutely, I love to, to apply, in fact, the Palo Alto uh, philosophy, which is a psychology tendency, to exaggerate things to make them ridiculous. So that in that way that I, I use okay. the word primitive, talking of people okay. that I consider as much more evolved than us. Oh, okay. Quote, they were, they were there first. So that first is primero, primitive. It's only that, primitive, <laughs> right. they were there first. That's right. Yes. right, right. Uh, Unless he was being ironic. He was, exactly. And, he was. You know, like, quote, unquote, <laughs> right, exactly. But the, the reason I actually brought it up because it's these important. are excellent points is because very sadly, because of the racism that is rampant in our society, Native peoples of all countries, the Australian Aboriginal, the shamanic in uh, South America, Tupi Guarani in Brazil, yes, Hawaiian, they are labeled primitive, which is just a horror show. So I was being linguistically sensitive. <laughs> so I just hope you appreciate it. I want to put a question, a comment uh, on that subject, because... Uh, just a, 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 a way to reflect uh, why we as a society could not evolve to to be like those pri- primary people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and what Rudolf Steiner said about that is that we have to have the options because uh, in the primitive period, in the primary period, people uh, they were just there and that's the way things are. So we just follow it and that's a wisdom that belongs to the people and it's inside their bodies. They they can't just go against that. Mm-hmm. But nowadays we have to choose and that's the difference of our time. We have all these options, we have all these uh, histories and you know all the 
people that came before, but it's the first time that you can really, really choose uh, between, you know, technology and um, the, the wisdom of our bodies, and it's all there for us to choose. That's why it's such a challenging time, and Rudolf Steiner said it's, it's the uh, period for consciousness. So that's another time. It's a time for us to choose. And that's why it's so challenging. Mm. Yes, indeed. We have such an array of choices. Laura, I know you were contemplating something deep to bring forward here. Well, it's true. If my society tells me what to do, if I'm a woman, I'll be weaving baskets and I'll pick up the oranges and, and my companion will go hunting and will do. If all my tasks and his tasks are already predetermined, no matter how, how, no matter how wise this all is, it doesn't imply my free will. And that's when the stuff gets difficult. The free will, the free will of killing, of loving the river, of protecting the fish, of talking to the air, and going, coming to Manhattan and being with the UN, a complete freedom and what to do with it. Even freedom to dress the way I want. Wow. This yeah. is new in the history of humanity. Oh, 200 years sure. ago, I wouldn't be here. Yes. A woman traveling alone through continents? True. What is that? True. So that's a really interesting thing, that even though we are aware on subtler levels of the oppression and the injustice, still in the, paradoxically, if you will, at the same time, there is more freedom yeah. on every level, virtually every level. Yeah, freedom and to choose. And that's a very interesting thing. Yeah. Right, that's very interesting. Yeah. This is Mitchell J. Rabin for A Better World. We are today spending an hour and a half, a 90-minute show today, speaking about the subjects of conscious conception, pregnancy, birthing, and all of the attending subjects, which is, i.e., everything. Everything really connects back to this very special time period. And I am sitting here with an esteemed group, lovely group of people who have been very dedicated for literally decades to the discussion and the education and the promulgation of greater awareness around issues of women, about birthing in particular, how to do it in the most natural way, in the gentlest way, and looking at that period of time as one that is sacred. And if and when given its proper due, it has the power to shift the entirety of our society to a direction that could be what we would refer to as a better world, uh, Shambhala, something that connotes a world at peace, a world in harmony, just rife with creativity, fun, sustainability, where people cooperate and everyone wins. And it only sounds what we call utopian because we haven't been practicing enough. That's the way I would like to put it. For those of you who would like more information on this and to get the link to it, go to our website, abetterworld.tv. You can send it around the globe. We would love that so more people can get the joy of this discussion. After this, we will actually be going to the United Nations 
to do a presentation there for a fractal relationship to the globe, to the NGO community there, because this is how interested we are in getting this message out to people of all denominations, stripes, colors, genders, and the like. We are seated with Dr. Francois Amigues, who is an osteopath from uh, British Columbia, from the ideal community. We are seated with Laura Uplinger, who is the utopian and a writer and a birthing educator. And we are seating, seated with Carla Machado, who is a midwife doula and involved in different uh, organizations in Brazil and internationally to help educate uh, mothers and families about the, the details of conscious birthing. So again, just thank you all for being here on this roundtable today and going into some depth here. You know what I would like to do is understand something about the process of birthing itself and what happens through the period of of embryo to fetus to child and how you could say Mother Nature designed the process so that different types of nourishment are occurring inside the womb and what in particular happens when the baby emerges naturally through the canal and what then therefore is missed when a cesarean section is done which has become well, someone was saying last night, the second most popular female-based operation on the planet. The first one being the hysterical hysterectomy. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, so, uh, Francois, would you pick up on that and walk us through <clears throat> that process? Well, um, we long long time we have think that the embryonic pre- truly let me say if there are uh, aspects of it that you want to fill in, please do mm. as Francois lays it out. D- during the we are long time think that during the embryonic period, this first two months, the there was under the law of every single nothing. It means that if something interfere, it it causes death of the embryo and. Uh, and the embryo is protected from every influences. So it's a Dr. Van Han who has shown the first that they want some proteins, EGF1, EGF2, that was in fact open gate to have influence on the baby itself. And um, this, this new... Also, the idea was challenged, just so I can interpret it yes. and, and synthesize. The idea was originally, the story was that the zygote and the first few stages was utterly, completely insulated and protected exactly. from any external influence. And then it was found through the identification of those particular proteins that that wasn't actually the case at all. Yeah. But the placenta would even contribute to protect the baby from the mom herself. So not only the genetic problem was happening, but the placenta was considered an organ of insulation. Right, even from the mother, exactly. even though it's connected to the mother umbilically. And today, okay, <laughs> I don't see the physics or engineering of that, but that's mm-hmm. okay. You I know, know we evolved, we evolved, 
And so the, we have some discovery, we have some belief system go with, and after that we have new discovery, we cut the belief system and we go further. So it was it was a point a few years ago, and in fact it's still believed by a, a lot of uh, people and, and physicians too, because uh, the app today to the last discovery takes time. That's a part of our the reasons of the birth of Charter we are promoting, and uh, all the work we do is try to, to, to to give the last discovery, to give the fact, to make people thinking more and thinking with more up-to-date and more real uh, stuff. So the, now, you know, everybody still is talking about um, hormonal influences. After the neurological influences, higher you have the hormonal influences. And since a couple months, it's no longer up-to-date. We talk about chemical substance because everything is hormonal in the, in the body, but it's new. And before people know about that, it will take time. And these um, these chemical substances or informational substances are exactly what's shown, what's going on in between two persons, for like a baby and a mother. There is a constant uh, way, highway of information in between them through this chemical substance and um, informational substance, that's what they say. And uh, so just to say that these, um, the thinking that nothing, the, the baby is in, in its bubble and all that, all that is wrong. And uh, we know that when the, the sensitive senses start to emerge at the third month, uh, tons of studies have shown how the baby is influenced by, by the sound, the vision, by emotion, and everything that the mother is living will impact and imprint the development of the children. And we have our huge phenomenal... So do we have um, chemical profiles, hormonal profiles of that exchange between mother frequency profiles? I don't know. Yes. We do? Yes, there are, including not only what she's eating, but the way she's thinking and the mobility. They were even asked, some mothers of twins... Think of one twin, and we would see in the ultrasound something happening. Think of the other twin. This was done in France by Marie-Claire Busnel. Of course, these research, they take a long time to be done, to be published. But yes, we are able, sensor, the, the beginning of sensoriality, and we see how babies react. But above all, how is the mother feeling? Because if the mother is not happy with the situation, even a good one, that situation, if the baby can perceive it, is forever a no-no situation. Like, the the last word is the mother's. She says, this is good, this is not good. Protect yourself from that. Whenever she expresses herself with joy, everything in the baby just gets a promotion, gets formed in a better way, more fully, more completely. Brain and all the other organs. With the uh, stew of joy, everything that is meant to happen at its best happens. Unfortunately, joy and pregnancy don't always walk along one with the other. Yeah. We have too much stress, even when the very rich ones, too many insecurities, too much fear is still presiding in the making of a human being. Yes, beautiful. Thank you. Very helpful. Thankfully, the bad genes, they are not very resilient. They need uh, a, a strong stress to, to, to be set. So if we uh, have a long period, period of stress, okay, the, the, the bad genes will turn on. 
But if not, if you have, some, sometimes you cry, sometimes you, you, you become unhappy. Of course, you're pregnant, you, it's, it's not the perfect world. You, you, you can have your feelings and not feel guilty about the, to have bad feelings. Sometimes the woman thinks, oh, I'm pregnant, I have to be happy, but I'm not happy, I'm guilty to not be happy. It's not like that. Yeah. You can respect your feelings. But if you if you um, uh, change sometimes for uh, receiving and observing joy in life and gratitude, you change your uh, inside feelings, and the baby can uh, choose this period to grow. Because uh, as Bruce Lipton said, the the cells they are either on the uh, growth or the protection mode. So if the baby is uh, in under stress, if the mother is under st- strong stress, so the baby can choose not to grow, not, not to construct, for example, his liver during this period, and he can wait some time, not too much, until one day that the, ma- the mother is relaxed and is happy, so the liver will have a good uh, uh, shape and, you know, be well-formed. So if we we oppress too much the pregnant and she if she feels oppressed or for any circumstances for a long period this can be damaged this can be damaging. you know damaging yeah bad interesting so there's that kind of variability in the timing of the growth of the organs it's that tied in i'm hearing you say carla mm-hmm. to the emotions the ebb and flow of the mother and the stress levels. Yeah, totally. Is that, yeah? Mm-hmm. That's very interesting. But what is important is to understand that, the, uh, as you say, Carla, the, the, the stress <coughs> to be pregnant is physiologic. It's normal. It's completely normal. Mm. The point, which is okay. a bit of a challenge for prenatal education, for awareness, to, to empower women with this period, is to start to talk about the power that we could use in a state where you are already a bit um, sensitive, you are a bit fragile, because you have some a lot of uh, change in your body, and you're like, um, it's like when you go to school or to university. You're very happy to go there most of the time, but in fact, you will just have challenge all the time, all the time, all the time. You learn your stuff. You're you agreeing have... to challenge. Exactly. You're agreeing. Exactly. Yeah. And, and so there is a physiological level of stress, which is a constructive stress. In yes. fact, stress is the root very, of construction. Very good employee. There is no yeah. construction without stress. We need attention, you know, we need attention to create things. Stress is attention. To make muscle, you better put stress exactly. on the muscle, otherwise it doesn't grow. <laughs> exactly. You have to actually break down the muscle, mm-hmm. the protein in the muscle, for it to rebuild. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and but it's just a question as you say before with the ancient Chinese uh, philosophy of balance and the progressive stress, and so we have to educate this stress to make us. We have teachers at the university or in school who, who give us a path to for that. And the idea why we are talking about prenatal education is really to define main path and main landmark to help men and women to go through the different stage. We understand the baby need, because we, we was not aware since a long time about that, to accompany them to really make the duty uh, b- by answering the real need. 
and to 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 completely cut the the condemnation because when you don't know you are in fear and when you're in fear you condemn yourself it's always the same story as as soon you become aware you have the chance to face things and to answer them and it's finished there is no longer because you know that the first disease of pregnancy is is uh, guiltness and you know guilt it's guilt sorry it's guilt and uh, because your humanity comes from mother, and uh, if humanity gets bad, it becomes mother. You know, I say all that to my mother. If uh, there is a war in Kosovo, it's your fault. And because the tendency of mother is to feel re- uh, guilt of everything, yeah. it's good to feel responsible. It's, it's a proof of higher, uh, high uh, elevated people. They want to answer the world. And thanks God we have mother because they have this tendency to always want to answer the world. And uh, we have to fulfill this, this virtue that yeah. women have strongly and try to involve men because in another way men want to, do, to answer the world too. They tend to just do that by action. And, uh, well, we have to work together on that. Exactly, exactly. I want to go back to a point you were making, Carla, we were all making, but this point of feeling the responsibility of being a mother and you become aware that all of your thoughts and all of your feelings are going to the baby because you and the baby are one. Maybe that's really what it meant in the Old Testament. (laughs) And that's just, it's one system. It's kind of almost hilarious to think, or I should say hysterical, (laughs) to think (laughs) that a baby would be, isolated slash insulated from everything the mother is doing. So it's a very natural inference to go from a a chemical communication to an emotional communication. Let's uh, say that would be on a level of frequency, let's just say. But it is chemical and it is bioelectrical. But that's a very interesting, important point. Now, as a psychotherapist, one of the main educations that I help to bring to my clients is to recognize the emotional life as like a, an ocean that comes and has an ebb and it has a flow, but it's it's out of it's in motion, and we all know that emotions come and go, guilt, joy, etc. They come and go. So, with that awareness. A woman who's awakening in a given day and she doesn't feel good and she's pregnant, just to be honest about it, but with the conscious recognition that that state is going to pass, this too shall pass, and another one will come, let's say, of joy. That is an awareness that makes, uh, it sort of gives an education to the infant yes. of reality. Yes, and that education happens always. And the baby is already learning resiliency. <clears throat> and it's yes. exactly this robust brain goes with that. Be yes. honest, own it. See how you feel and tell your baby and tell yourself what's going on here and yes. what's the next step. Yes, very then, interesting. Then society can help. And right. it, it's, it's beautiful because it's a, a two-way uh, communication. Uh, communication. Well, the, of course, the mother can influence a lot with her thoughts, with her feelings, and with if bad feelings are good. But also the baby will bring up to the mother uh, her own state as uh, when she was in the, her mother's womb. So all this fragility, all this 
vulnerability that she felt in her mom's womb will be a, a, a rising, you know, awakening yes. Yes. to deal with. That's why sometimes the emotions uh, in a pregnant woman, they are difficult to handle because they feel the, 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 the guilty of not being so happy and perfect, perfect and, you know, the, the, the better woman in the world, the best one, but uh, also deal with this, this uh, uh, um, ancient feelings that can return to her at this period. As a psychotherapist, you should know, as I do, uh, that uh, uh, psychotherapy during pregnancies is, you can go as if you, 10 years in nine months, yes. because you, we can go very deep. Of yes. course, it's not the best thing to do. You should do it before. But anyway, if mm -hmm. you work during this period, you're going to find a lot of material. Otherwise, if you put the things beyond the carpet, th that's where the child is. So the, ch the children in the womb, they will feel exactly what the mother denies. You know, exactly. the, 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 the child, they, they, they will feel responsible of what is happening to the mother. I have a friend. And she had uh, some uh, session with anatheorisis. That is a therapy that goes be, uh, in the womb to to rebuild things. Mm -hmm. And her mother, she was away from the beach, and she missed so much the beach, the the, the wow. noise of the water, the waves. And she 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 returned to the womb, and she felt the need of doing a, a, a wave in the amniotic liquid with the umbilical cord just to reproduce the sound for her mom in order to make her happier because she so cried the whole time. So interesting. And, and it's so sad at the same time. Yeah. 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 It's also wonderful to know, and some women can tell you, they feel their baby in the womb as a great companion. And... Um, they they surrender to that friendship. Some are really able to feel it, and it's not an illusion. It's not a little story. It's very very strong, and what and Carla very real, very real, and what Carla and many therapists say, even before conception, know how you started your life. Know about those nine months before you were conceived, the time you spend in the womb in your, of your mother, <coughs> be you a man or a woman, and then the first nine months of life. How was the atmosphere in your family? What was going on? What might have been imprinted in you that you think is yours, but perhaps just belonged to that family time? Because it might be reawakened during the pregnancy and kind of give double messages. But a baby in the womb has chosen you and wants you completely in the way you, you are. You don't become somebody else because you're pregnant. You have to be you at your, at your best. Mm. And the baby adores it, to know about you, about your world, and how you deal with it. So and how honesty, you deal with it. That honesty yes. you were mentioning, mm -hmm. it's a gorgeous teaching. Yes, it indeed. makes life easier and it's more interesting. It's a pillar of the whole thing. You know, this is really important, I think. I, I feel because... Parents who become aware of the importance of prenatal education may come to the thought that they are supposed to, as you were saying, Carla, be perfect, be ideal, you know, only the most beautiful 
thoughts and only the most elevated of feelings. Well, we know that we all want that as human beings as much in the day as we can. But we also know that we are part of a cycle. We are part of rhythms. And so when there is happiness, there can also be sadness. And it would be, it's unrealistic Mm -hmm. for a mother to have these unrealistic expectations of herself being perfect. It ain't going to happen. You know, I love the old phrase that if you want to know how enlightened the Zen master is, ask his wife, (laughs) you know. And, you know, that sort of answers it. And so just it's a sort of a, a fictional idea, I think, at the end of the day. So that realism that you were speaking about, Laura, educates the child. It's the way we look at things, the way the mother, I'm hearing you all say, the way the mother looks at the challenges of life is what she is imparting to the child. If difficulties are, oh, let me go hide myself under the blanket, or here's a challenge, like, Francois, before you were saying that when we go to college, we're agreeing, we're asking for the challenge, you know, because we know we live and grow evolve from that so too the mother is implicitly passing that on mm-hmm. to the infant right are we on the same page we are on the same page but i do wish for society to step up to its task because we're letting women and we have always done so be pregnant on her own sometimes the family helps her a little bit mm. but i think we could contribute more more we community do Yes, we do so many yeah. great prisons, so many beautiful hospitals. We do. We have so many schools for special education. Hello, why not prepare conditions, material conditions, and spend tons of money for the well-being of a pregnant woman? Yeah. Because this might be the best investment. Invest in infant structure, in fetus structure. If this were the stock market, says Marcy Axness, the author of Parenting for Peace, that would go way up high in in Wall Street. So let's now turn, we try to constantly remedy to so many wounds our humanity has. Why not prepare the terrain better? We're always fixing the Damage yes. From after. Yes. Well, because le- nature has a special language. Power is total, not a little, total to the mother in the making of a human being. Well, that power should be tapped into for beauty, for stars and flowers and fountains and trees and parks and the togetherness of pregnant women. Their bellies can relate to each other. Umram, the babies can talk to each other. I just got this image of a yes. women in a circle and their bellies like, hello, hello, you know, talking all the little ones. Yeah. Uh, um, Umram, no, no, Umram Mikhail Ivanov taught for some 50 years. He was a great spiritual master in France. And since 1938, till he died in 1986, he would say, ah, if I could, I would visit every single head of state, asking them to choose lands in their countries and uh, set it so that pregnant women could spend their pregnancy or as much time they would wish in most harmonious conditions. Because that nation, though all these nations, would come forth with a different humanity in three generations. Oh, 
three generations. Francois, I want you to share with our audience the steps that the ideal community as an NGO has taken in this respect. And Natasha Kolsar's original vision, which was shared, of course, by the community, to build up in the beautiful Canadian Rockies a birthing center that would be embodying what Laura and Carla are speaking of here and what you did in Bangladesh as a community. Could you share with our audience? Yes. Uh, and then we're going to go back to the womb. Okay. Um, what I learned more for, from her is to to be patient, <laughs> to be patient because this ID is, um, is for millionaires. It, it's a um, new ID, the ID of prenatal education. And, um, and she always me keep going, just this is so important. This is probably the most important project of the new century and the new millionaire. But Millennium. Millennium. But uh, we have to be patient because humanity is just adolescence right now. Mm-hmm. And we are in this age of adolescence where our consciousness just emerged. And before it was the era more of uh, the faith with a lot of religion. And at that time, it was more emotional. Humanity was more emotional. And before it was the stage of the art. And before you told me about the development of the embryo, but it's funny as uh, probably through spiral, humanity go always to this stage of development. After first, we are an embryo, and you know, the start with the ownness. We have just a, a, cr- a crown of same cells and that become a morula called the morula stage. And after that, we specified. And when we specified, we... Oh, differentiate. Differentiation. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and after that, we have senses. And senses allowed us to, exp- to experiment, um, if you want, the good and the bad, the art, what is beautiful, what is not beautiful. Later, we, we, we built our emotional system. And later, we, we develop our brain. And humanity is the beginning of developing its brain. So it's completely new. We, develop, we understand neuroscience and all that. So we have to be patient and very active in the meantime to, because when consciousness arrives, it arrives with choice. And that's why we have a so high level of guilt and, and this kind of morality purpose because we never have been so conscious of our own humanity than today. Before, when it was drive with you know, religion or with the art or, or with just action, people, according to the text we have, was not so much involved with choice. We, you follow the path, you follow the, the, the ambiences of your community. But today, it's completely different. So to, to, to be able to reach people and to, uh, in fact, the main idea is to inspire them to make this choice. Because you can do tons of choses. Well, Be- sure. Before- but here at A Better World, our audience is plus avancé. <laughs> you know, we're way beyond the patience. Yes, We've but- lost patience. No, 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 no. We're way over here. Natasha, I want you to hear this. <laughs> we're way over here. Come on, humanity. Let's go. You know, time is running out, you know. But you know, with, with choice, we have all, all, we have much more tension than ever. Are we going to consumerism? Are we going sure. to to that? What what? How do you use your energy for? And so, in in um, what she she developed in um, in Jaffrey in, in British Columbia yes. is to make uh, uh, well, you know, a place where you you build tree 
uh, where you you go to buy some trees. Oh yeah. That you and a you, nursery. A nursery. nursery. A nursery. Yeah, a nursery. <laughs> and and so we want we want to create uh, to really come back nurture to nurture baby trees. <laughs> exactly, and we want to come back to the root of education, not instruction, because all the facts of the science give instruction, sure. but we have to 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 make the quantum leap leap uh, to to action and put behavior and action in first place because this is a true education. To really well, education from the Latin educara, which of course means to lead out. So the assumption there being that the answers, the knowledge is already in, and it's just being a teacher, an educator, leads it out. Exactly. Stimulates it, to, if you will. To, and to, to stimulate, to express our full potential. And for that, we need to have a space, as Laura said, which is surrounded by beauty, because it is the first inspirational level is nature. And uh, we can produce that in city. We can produce, because beauty and heart and nature are the same origin. So we don't need to be in nature to do that. We have mm. got a chance to, to be surrounded by beautiful, beautiful mountains, point. and we have used it. And if we haven't got that, we will have built fountains and, and or museum or, or well. What we happened in Bangladesh? Because that was a place that I remember yes. you went and mm. actually established. In, in fact, my friend Alexander Avelik went to Bangladesh. I helped him to to prepare the project, but he, he went there with Emmy Craft and another lady, yes. and they they. They, are, they have proposed a program to an institution become called Jagaran, and these people, it's exactly the principle of nursery. Once the few seed of our group has been there and shared the seed, and now they have started a, pro, a prenatal program there to, uh, to share with all, the whole Bangladesh. So they have been welcomed in the university, in, in the hospital, everywhere, and the government has been involved in this project. That was beautiful. So the seeds that you planted through the ideal community <coughs> NGO there really have sprouted. Exactly. And they've gotten to the level of university and government. Exactly. And the, the, pro the project we have with Carla and Laura and other network friends yes. is really to prepare educational program much more precise for teacher, for a professional and uh, for government and try to increase the, the network at a certain tipping point where it will be obvious that we have to join all our forces because this project is the future in a very, very efficient way. But because our thought, as I said before, is young, we have short mining, short thinking. The first proof is the global warming. Look how short-thinking short short thinking we have. And it's a proof of our, our youngness in our, our development. And when you become more mature, you start to have long-term thinking. So we're just a little bit in advance in our time, but uh, our elder brothers and sisters in this high-level consciousness have made the path. We just put our, our energy in it. Got it. No, that's beautiful, and I really appreciate your giving that larger view of some of the initiatives that the three of you are working on, I'm sure also with your colleagues. And I would like to return to that and the subject of the birth charter, because that also has global implications. But before we go there, I want to look, instead of at the outer ecology, if you will, at the back to the inner ecology, back to the womb, and uh, that is um, very interested in this whole subject of the second most 
popular operation Mm -hmm. being reduced in its popularity. Obviously, I'm referring to the cesarean section. Mm -hmm. And not only did you develop a technique that can help to reduce the number of C-sections, which is Mm -hmm. fabulous. Mm -hmm. The Zoya maneuver, I think, is brilliant. And we saw it in operation last night in some respect. And it was just beautiful. It was so human. It was so touching. Uh, I want to go and educate myself and the audience about what happens to the child's skull and entire system when passing through the given means of the birth canal. Mm -hmm. We have the chance, all of uh, three of us and and many friends, to be uh, guided by Michel Audin, Dr. Michel Audin, which is an amazing leader. O-D-E-N-T. O-D-E-N-T. And I invite everybody to go on Internet and and dig on this this amazing man. And um, he he is our scientific director in all our... He was in the film, Laura, that you helped to write the script for. The gift for the unborn children. Yes, yes, he was interviewed, but this was in '85, and he's amazing. Since then, well, I've been following Michel and often interacting with him. He wants humanity to respect the physiology of birth. Wow, and it's fascinating, as if each culture had tried somehow to prevent birth to happen physiologically. Interfering, interfering, and interfering when the physiology is not respected. And and what is uh, interesting is that when you see humanity in the past, when we have no choice, we was obliged. We were. We were obliged to to respect physiology in a certain way, but um, it was not very obvious to understand what was the best circumstances that helps women to to uh, deliver properly. And uh, some more advanced culture are described to to respect the woman, to put her in a good mood, and to, you know, the ancient knowledge know that the woman has to be in a dark room and and, uh, be more in this... uh, It's a time to talk about primitive instinct, to to respect... Primal. Primal instinct to respect the physiology. And Michel Audin has been a high defender. Uh, defender. Defender. Supporter. Uh, supporter of that. And in, in um, there is a country um, like Denmark in Europe where you 90% of women deliver at home and they have the OBG1 which is in the street in it in Ark or his car just waiting in case something happens. But wow. everything is made naturally by the husband or eventually a doula or a midwife. And they're, they're just there with everything to do with section if necessary or whatever it's needed. And they have completely integrated this concept that Michel Audin was talking about. So it's, the, again, the problem today is because we become aware, we have choice. And the cho- choice we have made are a bit short-minded. We have chose to make money. Short-term. Short-term. And we, are, we have chose the business. So by choosing the business, we have completely compromised the security. The integrity of the biology. And the security of women. Now it's just yes. the, the Lancets recently have made a campaign to, to, to explain that, according to the last research, if 100% of delivery was... Uh, made operate by uh, doula or um, midwives, yes. we will re- div- diminish by 82% the level of mortality. 
So we kill eighty-two percent of women by a bad of the women, uh, mortality of the women or of the child. Women and children, both. 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 <clears throat> so you you see how choice as make and because we have a young mind, we we just don't use it by respecting physiology, nature, and higher hierarchy. If you want of life, and we 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 do our experiments, but because we are driving with this short mind. We, we, we are not interested by education. We are interested by technology. Technology has a very fast return. So let me go back uh, to biochemistry, mm -hmm. immune function, brain development, pressure, <laughs> stress of the process of birthing naturally. I want to learn for everybody what happens what is conferred, conveyed mm -hmm. from mother to infant leaving mm -hmm. the womb. So t t today we find... If you would, talk about <coughs> that process Absolutely. and what happens, and therefore what doesn't happen mm -hmm. to that same child if he or she is brought forth through C-section. Mm. So first, we need hygiene. It seems to be crazy, but in fact, one of the first reasons of death at birth is the lack of hygiene. And we have in all our uh, developed country, and uh, it's uh, it's something who, with, which is not there there in uh, country in development, you say. And so this developed is developed country, developed country, undeveloped country. And the second point is we need to have peace. This is the second reason of death in undeveloped country because they do preeclampsia. And preeclampsia, high pressure at birth, is a second reason of death. So nearly a third of When each. you say high pressure. High pressure in the... High blood pressure. High blood pressure. Oh, high blood pressure. High blood okay. pressure. Create what we call preeclampsia, and it causes death oh, okay. of the baby at least and eventually of the mother. And um, so this is a two main cause. Two-thirds of the deaths in the world are caused by these two reasons. But Mitchell would like you to address what nature had in mind when designing the birth canal mm. and the biochemistry of birthing and being born. Okay. So... For that, for that we have to. Merci, Alfredo. <laughs> uh, yes. So the, what Mother Nature and indicate has is to to restore this before. So I just come back, by the way, to hygiene and before. And uh, when you have these two first components, you could go on the other step. And the other step is to because before allow you to have um, to be present on what you do. I like when Michel Odon say, we have to deliver as we have made the baby. And when you made the baby, you don't have to be disturbed. You want to be on what you do. And so you have to be uh, surrounded by oxytocin. He's answering your question from the mother's standpoint, and he wants to know the baby. What happens to the baby when the baby is born the baby by the birth canal? Exactly. Yeah. He wants to understand the mechanisms in the baby. So it's interesting. The biological mechanism of transfer of information, basically, from mother to infant when the infant must pass through the birth canal. The birth canal. Okay. Yeah. So the yes. perhaps the, the most uh, yes. <clears throat> 
So there is different approach, but that's true that the baby, when he go into the, the canal, uh, the head is going to uh, become at 10 centimeters, you know, because the head is bigger than that, and it, it's make like a, it's like a bird. Uh, the, it's like if you have a large bird and the bird become very thin to go through the 10 centimeters. And after that, when the baby get out, it's an opening of the bud. We call that the opening of the flower. It means that the, the whole um, skull of the, of the cranial ball is opening. And this opening activates some pump, uh, specifically spinal fluid pump and lymphatic pump, which are very important for the kids. So when you... Is that the sacral occipital pump? Exactly. This is one of the pump. And there is, in fact, so the spinal fluid is activated by this um, primary respiration that we call primary respiration, which is a movement uh, in between the sacrum and the occiput. Mm. And there is, in fact, more than that. The pressure of all the cells activate an inner pump of all the cells. So it's increased the level of communication of each cell. And we remember the informative substance will flow better in this body. So the health will flow better in this body going, having been compressed and decompressed. So this is one aspect which is not very known and not very shared today. What we know, this is a mechanical level, which is very important. It's a very concrete level. What we know now that it's a, the big question is the microbiome. It's a question of uh, if you, and Michel Audin um, make us discover that recently because it's a very new discovery, that if when the mother is in labor, she transmits at that moment some um, bacteria that she has developed in the womb during the, since she, she's pregnant. And these bacteria are dedicated for the bacteria. children. Bacteria. They are dedicated for the children to, to, to create the power of its immunitary system, him or her immunitary immune system, function. Immune function. So when, when the, you avoid the, the labor or the contraction, this um, microbiome is not sending in the right proportion because you can give it through the uh, areole. Colostrum. Colostrum, but areole. Nipple? To the breast nipple. Okay. It's a way to to give uh, the um, uh, the microbiome, and for a long time people were thinking. Are you saying it's in mother's milk? It's in it's in the mother br breast, not milk, because the microbiome is is uh, developed into the womb of the mother, and into the whole organism, and she, she because she developed that because she's pregnant, and long time people have think that it was given by the vagina. But in fact, when do you have baby who, who are birthed? They're born um, in the call, in the bag, without the the amniotic bag being broken, you know, oh, uh, completely. Uh -huh. They already have those bacteria. So oh, so it's further up. Further up, the placenta saying. had them. We yeah. have found them in the placenta. Okay, very exactly. interesting. And, and so it's happening through some other system in the woman's body. But the system okay. is a contraction, so we still are in yes. a mechanical process. Yes. So if we avoid the mechanical process, first impact, no immunitary system strong enough for our world. And the, 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 bad, the bad stuff is that uh, all the children on, on pr uh, program C-section six months later I still not have what they should have at birth because the immune system increases with time and immature. And in fact, when they have sick kids 
10 years later, they still not have the minimum requirement. And these bacteria were born with, and then we will acquire at birth, they have a special food just for them in breast milk. You know, we have 10 times more microbes with us than our own cells. It's a, it's a very beautiful way that life has found to work between cell and microbes. So to know that there's 40% of the sugars in breast milk destined exclusively to feed these microbes, this is gorgeous. The baby won't digest that sugar. Yes. Yeah, I just want to tell you about the movie Microbirth that talks a lot about this microbiome stuff, man. Yeah, but Please, not a, well, but not about the massage the and the and the cranial and mm. and the lungs that maybe you're going to talk, Francois. That occurs from the uh, pressure through the canal. Exactly, and that that's the second point too. That when the baby has been compressed like that, I said it it activates some pump. It activates what we call the the diaphragm. In the in the body, there is several diaphragms: the, the tensum of cerebellum, well the the entrance of the lungs, the diaphragm we know, the pelvic diaphragm, and the, the plantar feet. Normally, the baby, when he delivers, he push with, it, with his or her feet. Or her feet. Oh. So you don't... Push act, against the wall push of against the uterus. The exactly. And when oh, there is not... Uh, when it's a C-section, the baby don't push. He don't activate his plantar uh, soul. And the, so there is much more we That's know now about the... the this, all these pumps are not activated. So we, because it's not activated, the breast, the first breast, is not the first uh, breathing, is not as not the same empowerment. So many many things. Are, the first breath. The breast, first oh, breast. Oh, uh, first I said I thought you said first breast. <laughs> first breast. Okay. Yes. In, in the case me. of a C-section. Exactly. Yeah. Right. You remind me of what happens to a butterfly what is ready to be born out of its cocoon, and somebody, in order to help the butterfly, just opens up the cocoon, and then the butterfly won't be able to fly because the butterfly needed that pressure, the difficulty, the struggle, the challenge to come out, to activate um, a liquid, a fluid, that will go into all these little canals so that it will address the wings and enable them to fly. Beautiful. But that reminds me, actually, of a, from the Chinese perspective of the relationship of uh, the emotions to the organs, which is known as the you know, five-element theory. Mm-hmm. It's still called a theory after 7,000 years. Well, mm-hmm. that's okay. <laughs> but, uh, uh, but the emotion that relates to the springtime and then the liver and the gallbladder, meridians, and organs is anger and anger is an ex- understood in the same way then as it is now then it's described metaphorically as the power of a young chick breaking out of the egg and the power that that takes to crack the egg <clears throat> and become it reminds me so much Francois of what you're saying of planting the feet against the uterus to push out of the womb. And something very... And, of course, you know, this beautiful image of the butterfly, and you don't mess with it. Don't mess. It's already been designed. <laughs> Accord with the flow. Yeah. 
And you know, the, with, uh, with the Chinese revolution, most of Chinese medicine has been corrupted by the Occidental point of view, which has always focused on, on the disease. And I've got a chance when I do my military service, I do it in, in civil service, and to be to to help a man who has escaped before the family escaped before the um, Chinese revolution and they make a, a sermon to give the the uh, ancient Chinese medicine and in ancient Chinese medicine they they have, they have sworn. sworn. Exactly. And they, they never talk about what we know, like anger, uh, uh, sadness, and all that. And for the liver, which is very interesting, they talk about the protector of experience. The protector of experience. And when you don't allow someone to do his own experience, and the baby has its own experience to do, mm. it's transforming anger. You see the, the, the point? Yes. That's beautiful. Yes. Because we deprive women and babies to have this fundamental experiment today. And at least Michel Audin... Experiment exp slash experience. Exactly. Yeah. And Michel Audin aware, tried to aware people to say, look, at least we, we have to let the woman be in labor, at least to have a good human system. But later, when we will really integrate the, the function of the compression and decompression, as Laura talked about the, for the butterfly, which is the same for us, we will, we will, we will continue to push and help women to, to birth the more naturally they can, vaginally they can. And uh, another point is, after the birth, in, in the past, when you can see that, I see that in, in Calcutta, and it's, I should have a, a video camera to tape it, but in most of poor countries, the, the, they have keep ancient tradition. And the ancient tradition in when the baby is born, you massage the baby all the time. In India, it's called Shantala. And, but Shantala, which is teached here, is with, without the main part, which is the head. It's dangerous, though. You don't have to touch the head, you know, it's a medical advising. And the, the point is that, in fact, animals or people who are not being educated to uh, our agents' problems and stuff, they naturally tend to com decompress and compress the, just the head. 80% of the licking and the biting of an animal uh, on the mammifer, on its children, is on the head not on the body. So when we do a shunt... To stimulate. To stimulate. Very and because heavy. it has been compressed, it has been compressed very deeply, and we have to accompany the process. It's like the breastfeeding. So if we go further on the mechanical aspects of this, of this uh, Detroit, this channel, it's very important. And it reminds us a lot of, uh, uh, you know, a story that uh, it's better than uh, someone go through the... Um, a rich go through the... I have a needle. Exactly. Then <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> the, the rich in the, the, in the door of a paradise. And, well, it, it, there is a lot of allusion, uh, allusion you say, mm -hmm. of, um, of this birth and this importance of birth. And yeah, we know indeed. when we want to evolve, we have to be in compression. So funny you're saying this because I was thinking of that biblical image before during this conversation mm -hmm. and I don't think of it that often <laughs> so I it was somehow in the field yeah. it, it, it seems it's a bit that the, the choice of um, of the choice of uh, basic pleasure a choice of uh, how do you see that uh, Carla the um, uh, the money and um, uh, consumerism and, and many choices we have made thinking that it will make us uh, happy in fact cut our wing to, to evolve, to go on our higher self, on all our potential. So it, it's, um, it's something very interesting to reconsider. And now that we have talked about this drama, 
now that we know that in, in Brazil, as Carla told me, that there is 95% in private of C-section, uh, it could be a bit disappearing for a lot of people perhaps, which are listening to us to say, oh my God, I'm born from a C-section, because I'm a, 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 you know, a moron or whatever. <laughs> and uh, it, it's, uh, <laughs> no, it's not because we have, a, we have a human plasticity and we can, it's just that Rebuild. why we put weight on our shoulder when we can avoid it first. And second, and it's the point of Laura that I like so much, when we understand better the law, in, so first, don't do the by choice. First, either if we are, we can't reconstruct ourselves. Don't do the by choice. And second, when we understand the bad choice, the by choice. And second, when we understand these laws, why want to do the good choice, which is to cultivate the beauty and everything that already predetermined the children to to be oriented toward the other and what naturally oriented. You know, I love something that my mother-in-law all the time say that the animals are under the law of fear, and humans are under the law of service, and each human, when you give the, the good condition, just want to serve the other. And this is a joy, and the, the highest accomplishment of human being is service. The professor uh, can't, so, sorry, it's on my way side, but there is a, someone last year, two years ago, who has discovered that the Maslow pyramid was false. And the, the, the what pyramid? The Maslow, Maslow's? Oh, Maslow, right, everyone Maslow, sure. Pyramid. Professor Henrik. And Kenrick, Kenrick, sorry, and it's uh, in America, it is monstrous dead because nobody, everybody has eat these pyramids, and it's a rule of our um, business uh, thing. Everything is based on this merit pyramid, in, in mainly of all of the corporation, and in fact, and it's a self accomplishment. It's completely false. What they have made really in laboratory is to realize that the highest level of happiness of someone is to create a family and to share his happiness with the other. And the family, small family and big family. This is the highest level there are of different levels of family. Exactly, sure. and this is the highest level of uh, expression of human beings. Sure. So it's, it's a service. Well, you know, in family, you work for free. To say it's false, I, I don't accept that as just a fait accompli. I don't think it really works that way. I don't think that's really the way thought proceeds and progresses. Everything's a dialectic. So just as Newtonian physics is not false, mm -hmm. but we have quantum physics today, which puts Newtonian into perspective. So the Maslow's theory, mm -hmm. it's a theory. It's a theory. Only. Exactly. And it has not been adopted across the, the uh, society completely. Very few people even know who he is. So it's reach to its reach, but not others. So it is where it stands. And a much larger, better understanding has come along that subsumes that. Mm -hmm. But I don't want to go into that. I'm just giving another way of, of looking at, at the phenomenon. And I want to actually come back in our last few minutes here to um, this phenomenon of C-section, I want people to have a very concrete understanding of the choice they make when they go with a C-section and what they're not getting from the way nature designed the process and what they do get. And you've outlined that beautifully, Francois, what that mechanical process is. And there's the biochemical exchange having to do with the, um, the biome. And microbiome, microbiome, and it's just this is really important. But 
material, I think, that is not well-known. I don't think it's very well-known. So I would love to hear, Carla, from you for a moment about what you see showing up in Brazilian society as a result of the huge prominence of C-sections. It's funny because in Brazil uh, there's a lot of elective cesareans. So the people really choose the way, the day that they will give birth. And as an astrologer, I, I, I hear a lot of people asking, oh, what's the best, the best sign for my children so we can choose the day? There's a famous actor, actress in Brazil that she consulted an astrologer not me, <laughs> to, to, find, to find the best, the best chart. And she said, no, I, I don't want him to be born in Virgo, but in Leo, it's a better sign. Leo. So, Leo, sorry. So uh, the child was born in Leo, but all the other planets were in Virgo. We went in, to an actress to say that about Leo. <laughs> but, oh, yeah, exactly. Oh, so, that didn't work. In other words, don't try to control nature. Yeah, you, you have to, to be in the feminine. That's that's what yeah. I, I always say, that the feminine principle, that's the one that we need to, 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 to fix in our society. That's the one who can really close, close.
act that saves lives. We want to make it routine, and we are losing life. But always the idea, my body does not work. My mind is something. I'll give my body to the institution. Don't do that. It, it's basically a manufacturing. It's basically a manufacturing process. It's it's an assembly line. That's what birthing has become in the medical context. Okay, we have an appointment at four, so let's okay, let's give you twenty minutes, and then we have uh, Mrs. Delgado coming right after her. She'll be at four twenty. So make nurse, please make sure you get the first one out quickly because we've only got three beds. Excuse me? I mean, right, Francois. Yes, just a, a, a new hat, too. It's a last discovery from last November about the, the cell, stem, stem cells, stem cells? Stem, stem cells in, in the breast milk. This is a huge uh, new thing to know, too, Beautiful. because it is the highest, the purest, and the most important source of stem cells. All the, the, the chemistry and, and the laboratory change completely their mind because they can use it for many, many uh, things in the medical level by using something which is the better. So the when best. we know the best, so when we understand that, why are we stopping to nourish children with something which is the most researched, it is the gold of the medical uh, you know, <laughs> development and, and ph- uh, pharmaceutical point. We have this gold in the breast and we don't give to our kids. No kidding. <laughs> well, how about Dr. Spock? And, you know, the whole decades long, I was raised during that period. I did not have been looking for my mother's breast all since, you know, because we were taught and as were generations of women in the United States and beyond taught, that mother's milk is not as quality as formula. I mean, the hubris that underlies this is, is unbelievable. I'd yes, like to please. come back to something that you pointed at. What happens with birth when we start interfering so much? We have an example in Japan of two maternities in the same neighborhood, same level of social, economical, and I mean, cultural, and um, formation for physicians and for the patients. Well, out of one hospital, more autistic children are found out two, three years later. So that doesn't make any sense. Those are the same places, same kind of doctors. The only difference was that in one hospital, they used to... Um, induce labor a week before the due date to make birth easier, perhaps. So see, we're triggering with hormones and hampering certain systems, perhaps even causing more C-sections, that I don't know. But what a tragedy. The very what is the method of induction? Uh, oxytocin, the pitocin, the artificial oxytocin, oh. which may be just prevents the endogenous, the real oxytocin to flow and the receptors in our body, and there are many, for the oxytocin and the one that really we produce, those receptors get kind of, whoa, it's too much, that invasion of the pitocin. And we are, hey, those are generations that will have such a hard time. Just because we're tampering with birth, we're favoring autism, this complicates. Michelle then says that this epitocin is even worse than the cesarean because it kills love hormone. 
you know, it prevents you to produce it in your body, and you you don't learn how to do it. So what's the consequence of that in the future for a Being whole loveless. for a whole generation? And more than that, say that I love this sentence. Say that it's fake love. You see, it's fake love. So it's it's prepare people to to buy love, to 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 fake love, to so it's have a big imprint on the first A of because it's a first it's a deep connection with our mother to yeah. receive this oxytocin in a high level. So instead of be, the, the, making the motherhood and uh, parenting as a, a initiatic path path that it could be in in a what path? The, the, the oh, initiatic parenting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you learn from your children, you learn from your body, you learn uh, from everything you feel uh, and try to deal with it. If either it's good or bad, but you try to face it and to respond to it, not to feel guilty. Once you you begin doing that uh, through pregnancy and birth, you take uh, the birth to you, not to delegate to a doctor that will do it for you. Now, so if, if you start empowering uh, since the beginning, uh, it's uh, it, like it, after you don't outsource your children. That's another problem that nowadays we face, and we lose a very important experience in our lives as parents, but especially in our kids' lives because they, they don't know how to refer, who to refer when they are in pain, you know, the whole stuff you have nowadays in education. In Brazil, I know a, a person who owns a school, and she said, every day parents need more from school. They, they, they want to know how they can help school to educate their children. But it should, should be the opposite. The, the school is helping parents to educate. Not, the school the is not responsible. Around. But we, we are kind of turning this out, uh, outside yeah. down, upside down. Upside down, too, exactly, and inside out. And it begins in birth. It you know, begins I, in pregnancy. Just if I can connect the dots, and I'd love to hear if, you, uh, if I'm connecting them right according to what you're saying when you said this last piece, Carla, about uh, the hormones and messing with the hormones, that that is worse than the C-section, and that leads to the child not knowing how to produce their own oxytocin because it's given. It's almost like thyroid medicine, you know, it's called synthroid, mm-hmm. synthetic thyroid. Then the body can't do it itself. And we could look at all of medical literature and find those examples of the giving of something that actually retards the body's own production of it. You know, that's a whole big conversation, and we're on the, we're touching upon it here. But um, I'm thinking that if you connect all of those dots and what you were saying, Francois, about fake love and therefore giving things in exchange for giving hearts, that sets up a society based on consumerism. So before you know it, you have created that reality through the medical intervention at that level. And. Am I, am I on the... Absolutely. And the point uh, on that is that I would like to make a call to our audience and everybody that's listened to us on the fact that all what we report today come from a lot of research observation on people who feed this idea to, to understand more the process. It's 
come when we uh, become more aware to make to make choice. So it's good in that point. But we need to have first more people knowing the the subject because it's amazing for our new society. And second, we have to engage our researcher to give proof enough deep to convince uh, our the authority to convince the government because we know that the enough gov- deep proof exactly yeah. so there is for me two two horses to to drive uh-huh. one is to spread the information uh, that 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 exists the real fact yes because just that questioning everybody before giving answer so it's question a lot of uh, we, we could question what this fake hormone of love is going to produce. We are in right to do that, especially when we see how we tend to buy love with a lot of stimulants, internet, uh, drugs, and all that. So we don't need that. I mean, we already have got enough fake love everywhere. And secondly, not enough problems. <laughs> exactly, and insulation because isolation, isolation, isolement, isolation, isolation is one of the first. Um, Trouble. This is the first mm-hmm. cause, and this, the the real poverty is not the lack of money. It's isolation. Yes. So in a world where it's grow and grow and grow, uh, if if we don't give the possibility to connect with the other, uh, whoa, that's uh, right. what it's, kind it's of life is that? Exactly, right. and it's a bit scary. So it's a call to. To first uh, spread this information, and we thank you again for doing that by broadcasting it. And second, to try to to join the forces of all the researchers. And that's why we, t- we develop our platform, which is to be brand.com or .org, to, to try to invite all the researchers and practitioners to give stories, to give observation, and more we could, we will be able to have solid uh, scientific proof. All, all the effect on society, more one day, and I hope with the network it will be very fast, we'll have the, the power to confront government and say, look, what you do? The, the public is aware of that. I remember my father when we were talking about the recognition of osteopathy in France. He met the, the minister of uh, health, Dr. Mr. Dublasi, and he told him, you know, I haven't the, exactly the right to do to tell you how to do, but I, because all my family and myself, I'm treated by osteopath and I love it so much. I would tell you the trick, and the trick is to create some uh, center where you, you, you make free center where people come and are being treated specifically for children completely destroyed and decaps and all that, and you inv- in, you enroll the parents to defend osteopathy, and so it goes today with the public. In, and the mobilization of the public. So more we could spread this, all this good news and uh, this awareness, more we will be able to create uh, this tipping point uh, to have the forces after that to confront the authority. Confront it not because they're against us, because just our administration today is just working <coughs> with enough proof, enough motivation, because they don't want the proof are there. They don't do anything if people are not motivated. Sure. Well, let's say that the science is actually here. We have the science, and now it's to bring it forward and instead of confront, I would say, educate our politicians and uh, the the levers of government so they can be making the right legislation to support the woman, to support the feminine principle, to show respect 
for nature herself. It's almost like our lives go from the, our natural state into an incredibly artificial state of technology and everything else, only to come back home to saying, my God, nature had it right in the first place. You know. Yeah, and perhaps with our young, let's tell them what we already know at school. They learn arithmetic and algebra. They learn geopolitics. They learn archaeology, geology, physics, chemistry. Why not learning the science of the beginning of life? Because they come from it, and they can prepare at least their minds for the responsibility it is. We have a friend in Brazil who has deposited a big thesis, a doctorate thesis, at the government of Edu Ministry of Education, saying, go ahead, disseminate this information through your schools and colleges. This is so important. This information does not belong to us. It belongs to everybody. Yes. You see, I had this information before being pregnant. So did Francois before his wife was pregnant. So did Carla and the kids we have. It seems such a privilege when it's the very normal. Mm -hmm. That should be for everybody. You the exception. We are the exception. But you should be the norm. Yes, Mitchell. Yeah, I'd like just to give to add an image because uh, we are talking about technology ver versus nature, and I don't think it's about that, you no. know, because nature is is very beautiful and a forest can be very very beautiful, but why can't we cre create gardens? That's a place where human can co-create with nature, yes, and a garden is also a, a symbol, as Jung said, for a uterus. So you can ex you can create external uterus to a internal uterus, you know, to gestate, to yes. to, to womb, yes. and create a better society. That's right. That's so and simple. I'm not positing something of nature versus technology yes. because technology is nothing other than an extension, actually, of nature, really. So. I see it as greatly compatible, but because we learn like a pendulum from excess to deficiency to excess again, this is where we are in the swing of the pendulum. Mm -hmm. But notice what Carla said, the garden. We never say a forest of paradise <coughs> or an ocean of paradise or a mountain or prairie of paradise. We say a garden, garden of Eden. That's yes. right. That's so and that is the secret there. Yes, indeed. Last words, uh, I'd actually like to, if you would all just say a word or two about the birth charter, because this is sort of coming full circle about um, the steps that each of you is taking relative to the larger world situation. And here we are about to go to the United Nations to make a case for greater prenatal education and respect of the mother and the process of birthing. So could you just give a quick little notion of what this is about, the birth charter? The birth, char the, the birth charter is really about education. And uh, education is really, the, and the, the challenge we face with education is um, we have a problem with the technology because it's a short-term short return. That's the point. My, my point is not against it. It's just the short-term return. Mm -hmm. Education is the long-term return. And so that's a challenge just that people know. Yes. And the, the charter is based on four pillars. Everything that is the knowledge we need to know to be educated on conception, 
and specifically on fertility. And the second point is pregnancy. And you have the first gardener of this garden should be the father, which is the first gardener. The second gardener is the mother. And the third gardener is inside the children itself because he's at his own, his or her own will. Yeah. After that, we have the, con- the story of the birth because it's the first imprint coming on earth and it's very much more important than what we, we ever think about. And the first sight, there is many things very, very important for, for the children at that moment. And after that, we have the four pillar, which is the family. The family, because you, each kid increases the family. You become from, uh, uh, you know, you become three, you become a family, you become a band, <laughs> depending the, the size of your family. A troop. A troop. <laughs> and all, all that, the integration of a new soul in, in, a, in, in a couple is something very important to address to. And there is tools, there is knowledge very important that could be very helpful for people. That's the, the so the birth charter is a declaration of these pillars that's being uh, promoted by the Ideal Society and your organization in Canada? Yes, in, in association with the ANEP of Brazil, with Laura Works, with Michel Audin. And we, we try to create, in fact, a kind of neutral platform where we invite all the researchers, all the polycotons, activists, artists, everybody who wants, who feel involved to nourish it because this charter is to build. We have just defined the main pillar. The, the, we, it's like a bone. The we foundations. put uh, some, uh, you know. Yeah, the foundation. Exactly. Got it. Well, I am just so pleased to have had you all on today. And I'm grateful for the depth that we were able to get to today through this uh, dialogue. Thank you. Thank you, Mitchell. Absolutely. My pleasure. Thank you. Better world. <laughs> we will have a better world. Thank you very much, Mitchell. Francois Miguez, Laura Uplinger, and Carla Machado. Thank you all. Thank you. Thank you, Mitchell. Merci. What a pleasure. This is Mitchell J. Rabin for A Better World. We're so glad that you uh, tuned in to this special uh, roundtable on healthy conscious conception. We didn't talk so much about conception, but we will. Believe me, we will. But we did speak about pregnancy and birthing and a lot of the implications of doing it right and some of the pain and suffering consequences of intervention interference. Not to say there isn't a time for intervention and uh, interference. There are times. It would be foolish to think not. But as a rule, we really learned a lot from our guests today regarding how to allow things to emerge naturally, children to emerge naturally. So please go to our website, abetterworld.tv, and join our newsletter if you haven't yet already. Please know A Better World has just become A Better World Foundation Unlimited, a new nonprofit. So uh, from here on out, any donations made can earn a tax-deductible status here in the United States. So please remember us at such times. I want to just thank you all again for listening, your rapt attention. It's of such great value to us here at A Better World to know that we're sharing with people who are eager for this kind of information, this kind of evolutionary education. It's uh, deeply meaningful to us 
And I look forward to continuing all of this with you all next week.